0: Welcome into A to Z Sports prime time on a Monday night from the DraftKings Sportsbook studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud as always to be presented to you by the fine folks at DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code A to Z Sports is how you get in on all the action. The fine folks at DraftKings Sportsbook have many great offers prepared for you. Just plug in that promo code A to Z Sports and I'll tell you more about what they have to offer later. The Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage, garyashton.com. That's where you go for your dream address without the stress. That's where you go to sell for more if you're in the market to do so. Brymac Mechanical, B-R-Y-M-A-K, brymac.com, Satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. And of course, the best car dealership in the state of Tennessee is Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet, or online at tworiversford.com. So, there's been positive developments on Derrick Henry today, and this is a question that we get uh, quite a bit, right? Whether it's right after the Titans beat the 49ers, or whether it's over the bye, or just kind of, you know, maybe a typical Wednesday, and people want to know, how's Derek doing? Where's Derek at? What's going on with Derrick Henry? Completely, understandably, uh, it's understandable, Right? He's your favorite player. He's the best player on the football team, and as you kind of await his return, you kind of you want to know where he is and how he's doing as often as humanly possible. Completely respect that. Well, every time we you know check in on Derek for an update with Mike Vrabel, we are very quickly given the uh, two-word response: "Still rehabbing," and that's how Vrabel leaves it every time: "Still rehabbing." After you know the initial question was asked maybe a month ago. Where he's like, yeah, you know, he's on the same IR program that all of our guys are. They're in the building. They're working on rehabilitation. They're not necessarily in the meetings because we don't think that's that important for those guys or that that's the best use of their time as they're trying to get their bodies right. So every time we ask Vrabel about it, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's shut down, but it's basically just given the response of still rehabbing. And we know that we're asking that question on behalf of you guys because you want to know, even though. You know, the, the, there's only so many still rehabbing responses from Mike that I'm interested in before I'm ready to move on to the next thing. But Tom Pellicero of the NFL Network went on Good Morning Football this morning and was talking about basically teams that, uh, teams that you would not want to see in the AFC playoff picture. Now, there's two weeks remaining in the regular season in the NFL. Derrick Henry the foot injury that he sustained. It sounds like he's going to be expected or he's going to be back before he was initially expected. We know that Derek hasn't played since week eight on October 31st in the Titans' win in overtime over the Colts, um, and that we, when last we talked to our friend Diana Rossini about it on the radio show, she said that he was trending towards being ready in the early part of January. Well, this would match up with what Tom put out there this morning, and I'll share with you that clip here in just a second, but first I want to ask you your Two Rivers Ford take. The question that I want to know from you guys on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch on this Monday evening, would you play Derrick Henry in the regular season if, if he is available? Would you play Derrick in the regular season if and only if he is available to you. Do you believe it's important for him to knock off the rust? If he's ready to go in week 18, do you say, all right, big fella, get out there. We'll talk about it together. Two Rivers Ford take in the comment section on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. Because there's an interesting conversation to have around it. And as you give you your Two Rivers Ford take, I'll tell you about our friends at Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford has the Built For You program, which focuses on your satisfaction as the customer. They're the best in the business when it comes to customer satisfaction. In fact, they win awards for their customer satisfaction because they have a non-commissioned sales staff that does not put any pressure on you throughout the course of the car buying experience. They have quality American-made Ford vehicles. They've been doing business in Middle Tennessee for nearly 40 years, operating on the principles of honesty. And integrity. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet is the best in the business. And I would invite you to go check out any of their new or pre owned vehicles because they'll make sure that you find the exact vehicle that fits your ba- your family's budget and your needs. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at two tworiversford.com. Would you play Derrick Henry in the regular season if he's available? It's the question that we're asking. Is Tom Pellicero this morning on Good Morning Football? Seem to think he's going to be available for the regular season.
1: So looking at this landscape, if you were to pick a team that is in that two spot, the second best team in all the AFC, where you are you going? Where do you think? Kyle, this is probably is not a popular thought at this point, but I still don't think anybody wants to see the Titans when you get into the postseason. When I was doing my okay. annual survey of GMs and other front office people really? last week in terms of Coach of the Year and other awards, Mike Vrabel's name kept coming up because he's lost so many of his players. His key skill guys on offense decimated for months now, yet the Titans keep on winning. They still got a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill who has shown you that he can step up. He's built to do it, both passing and running. Derrick Henry, it sounds like, maybe even gets back for week 18, a chance to knock off some of the rust before they get into the playoffs after his significant uh, foot injury that he had earlier on this season. And then A.J. Brown comes back cold second half last thursday night completely takes over the game he's never going to be a high volume guy that's just not the way that they're constructed but he is right now without derrick henry 16 targets for brown in that game 11 catches for 145 yards and a touchdown he set such a physical tone for the rest of that team you get henry back now maybe get something out of julio jones don't cut out the titans just yet
0: all right, so that's Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network saying that Derrick Henry could be his back as soon uh, could be back as soon as Houston against the Houston Texans in the season finale on the road. And of course, uh, I'll be at that game. We'll do primetime live from NRG Stadium after that game, and how much more fun would it be if we're talking about a regular season situation where Derrick Henry plays in a game before the postseason. Now the question is, would you play him in the regular season? if he's available, if you don't need it, right? Now, there's a scenario where you could be playing for the one seed, and of course that would be a critical win to get under your belt. You want to have home field advantage. You want to give Derrick Henry an extra week of rest if you can use him to push you over the hump. Now, there's a couple different things. You you basically need to win more games than Kansas City down the stretch. They have Cincinnati this coming week and I forget who the Chiefs' final regular season opponent is. I want to say it's the Broncos. I believe it's the Bengals and the Broncos, the last two games for the Chiefs. So it's possible that you you need to win out. You need to beat Miami this coming Sunday, and then you need to beat Kansas City. Are, or excuse me, you need to beat Houston and try and keep pace with Kansas City. Now, Kansas City needs to lose at some point in there. All you have to do is win more games than the Chiefs. So if Garrett Henry's available, Do you go for it? Now, there also is the train of thought where there's a lot of people who are very upset with the Titans training staff in their decision to continue to play Derrick Henry after he injured his foot in the fourth quarter. You'll remember that he played into overtime in that Colts game with the Jones fracture. Now, and again, I'm not a medical professional, but based on the way that I have had the Jones fracture situation described to me, it's described as a stress fracture, something that develops over time, something that didn't initially just happen in that game, though it seemed to have gotten substantially worse in that game, do you risk further exacerbating what may already be there? Again, I don't know what the medicals on Derek look like. All I know is I've been told that he's out of the boot, which is great news, obviously, that he, according to Tom Pelissero, could be, as, uh, could be ready as soon as week 18, and that there's a lot of good things that come with Derrick Henry. It changes everything at this point. Kai Jones says we don't even have to win more games. We just have to match records since we hold the tiebreaker. No, you do, you do need to win more games, Kai. The, uh, the tiebreaker, as it was described to me, as far as conference record, is concerned the the tiebreaker does matter but I believe that the I and I've had uh, I've had Titans PR run me through the scenario before you do have to win more games at least in the way that it was described to me and I'll, I'll double check myself on that guy because I don't want to give you guys uh, I don't want to give you guys incorrect information but the way that it was described to me was basically they need to win more games than the Chiefs you just need the Chiefs to lose a game and you need to win more games. Or you need the Chiefs to lose two games, right? They could lose out, and you could win one game, and you would be in good position. Um, I will update my comment. I'd save him for the playoffs, says Randy Hemberg. Would you you fire the Derrick Henry bullet in the regular season if he's ready to go? Now, you have to assume if they're putting him out there that they believe that there's not further risk of re-injuring the foot, right? That would be the only kind of concern that pops up when I, uh, when I go through, when I go through the, uh, the different scenarios of this, you know, I, I feel like I just have to trust the Titans medical staff, even though I'm not crazy about their decision to continue to play him against the Colts. I don't know what went into those conversations. I don't know how hard Derek pushed them to be able to get out there. If you are competing for the one seed, do you play Derek? That's the question. Uh, in the comment section, while you guys, uh, well, well, let's read some of your comments and let's let's talk about it um, based on that report from Tom Pellicero. So Darla would play him in very limited snaps. See, my thing though, Darla, is if he's out there, get him out there, right? It's like AJ. Now, I understand that one's a, one's a broken bone in your foot and the other is uh, fractured ribs, basically, uh, what AJ described to Pam Oliver on the uh, NFL network broadcast. I rewatched the Titans 49ers game today while I had my lunch and I was looking over that and AJ was talking or AJ had told Pam Oliver or Christina pink. I can't remember which sideline reporter was disseminating the information during the game, but that basically, you know, it was hurting AJ to breathe now hurting, hurting to breathe as a wide receiver who spends a lot of time breathing heavily and, uh, and running routes and, you know, uh, exhausting energy on the field equally as uncomfortable, I would imagine, as a broken bone in your foot for a 250-pound running back. But with all of this, I would say if they put him out there, then he's good, right? Like, if they tell us go time, I'm going to assume it means go time. So if he's not right, then I don't think they'd put him out there in a limited capacity. You know what I'm saying, Darlo? Like, it's either Derek for real or not at all, I think is is kind of the approach. That I'm sensing now. Maybe that conversation would change, and I'll we'll keep you updated on that as more information comes out. Uh, Chad wants them to just knock off the rust and to get into the one seed again. If you're competing for the one seed, Derek's going to play, right? That's just what it comes down to. Uh, Warren Ashworth says Burrow is on fire right now. He threw for he threw for 500 yards, north of 500 yards against the Baltimore Ravens. Now the Ravens defense is not good against the pass this season, but it's I mean. It takes a fair amount of skill to throw for 500 yards in an NFL game. Oh my God! Tua uh, Tua just made an incredible pass on first and 15 in the two-minute drill right now. Dolphins leading 10 to three over the Saints on Monday Night Football. Of course, the Dolphins are the Titans' next opponent, and we'll talk about them momentarily. For Brian Willis, Brian says I would say yes with limited reps. When he could use the in-game reps. It's much different than just practice and. You know, Brian, that's, that's a good point, right? Because who's to say that he's going to practice a ton, right? I'm sure there will be some degree of, of work for Derek in practice as they try to get him a part of the game plan. But like, as far as practice is concerned, full-on practice, we, we know that the Titans are very, very diligent in how, how they manage their players' workloads. And Derek is certainly going to be very closely monitored. So I would say to you, I, he, will, he will have some kind of practice work, but the extent of which we have no idea. As far as, in game, as, far as live reps are concerned, that's the only place that that's going to come for Derrick Henry is in the game. So if you think that there's any chance that he could be a little rusty and you think that that would help, then it makes a lot of sense to me. We'll continue to talk about this here in just a second, uh, right after I tell you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code A2Z Sports in the DraftKings Sportsbook app gets you in on all the action. Whether you're betting the NFL tonight, I went three and one on my DraftKings Sportsbook NFL prop bets this weekend. I decided to. Uh, I decided to. I, I was asked actually by our buddy Ricky Merritt at Music City Bets for some uh, some Sunday wagers, and I went through and I looked at some props. And I said, yeah, you know what? I mean, I'm not going to bet my money on this, but if I'm going to bet your money, here's what I would do. So I went through, I picked up a, I picked out a couple of DraftKings uh, player prop bets, Matt Stafford plus or over two and a, uh, two and a half touchdown passes, Ben Roethlisberger under one and a half touchdown passes. I believe it was Devin Singletary, the Bills running back for over 11 and a half receiving yards. And I think I had Joe Burrow over six and a half rushing yards. Three of those four did cash. You're making money if you're betting the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook prop bets with us. And you can do so in the DraftKings Sportsbook app using the promo code A to Z Sports. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code A to Z Sports to get in on all the action. Whether you're betting the NBA, the NFL, college football, ball games, Anything in between, you get involved and you can start making money today with promo code A to Z Sports This Week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Tennessee only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee Redline, one 800 889 9789 So would you play Derrick Henry if he was available? To you now, the Texans uh, do not do well against the run. It would be a good game to bring Derek back into if he was available. Brandon uh, Matola, forgive me, Brandon, if I've mispronounced your last name. It says Henry, just being on the sideline is a threat. You know, I thought that it would have been, and uh, silly if I, I know that this was brought up in meetings and that, that it was very quickly. There's a lot of great ideas that are brought up in meetings that the football side of things between John Robinson and Mike Vrabel, uh, those get shot down. But I was dying to see them use, instead of the pain train guy at Nissan Stadium on Thursday Night Football, I wish they would have made Derrick Henry the 12th Titan, right? How that place, I mean, it was rocking already against the 49ers. But can you imagine if Derrick Henry was the one to come out like Delaney Walker did? A couple of years ago, Delaney Walker getting out there on his scooter. He takes the sword. He plunges it in the middle of the Titan shield at midfield at Nissan Stadium. The crowd goes crazy. Can you imagine if it was a primetime game with Derrick Henry? Your momentum alone, I feel like, would have carried you to victory. It is a different world when Derrick is out there and when Derrick is available. Eric Castillo says, give him 10 carries. See how he's feeling. If it's good, let him finish the game and, you know, Without the medicals, it's a tough question to answer. But again, all the only information that we have to go off of right now is Tom Pellicero this morning saying that it's trending towards being regular season.
1: So looking at this landscape, if you were to pick a team that is in that two spot, the second best team in all the AFC, where you are you going? Where do you think? Kyle, this probably is not a popular thought at this point, but I still don't think anybody wants to see the Titans when you get into the postseason. When I was doing my annual survey of GMs and other front office people last week in terms of Coach of the Year and other awards, Mike Vrabel's name kept coming up because he's lost so many of his players. His key skill guys on offense decimated for months now, yet the Titans keep on winning. They still got a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill who has shown you that he can step up. He's built to do it, both passing and running. Derrick Henry, it sounds like, maybe even gets back for Week 18 a chance to knock off some of the rust before they get into the playoffs after his significant uh, foot injury that he had earlier on this season. And then A.J. Brown comes back. Cold, second half last Thursday night, completely takes over the game. He's never going to be a high-volume yes, guy. That's just not the way that they're constructed. But he is right now without Derrick Henry. 16 targets for Brown in that game, 11 catches for 145 yards and a touchdown. He set such a physical tone for the rest of that team. You get Henry back now, maybe get something out of Julio Jones. Don't cut out the Titans
0: just yet. So that's Tom Pellicero of the NFL Network breaking it down and giving out a little bit of information about when Derrick Henry could be available. It's very exciting at this point, and I think that the closer we get, the the more it starts to feel real. Now, I told you guys um, probably last month that things were trending towards Derrick being available, but I did not... Uh, I did not realize, and or nor did I. Was I given the indication that it would be, you know, as soon as, I mean, two weeks from now, basically less than two weeks from now. In fact, I just booked my, uh, I just booked my trip to Houston in the second week of January, and that's not too far away at all. By the way, I did make a mistake earlier uh, about talking about the if the Titans and the Chiefs finish with the same record the titans would have the tiebreaker over the one seed i just uh, i just texted um a couple of people to confirm that because i had gotten i had gotten that mixed up so apologies from me on that if the titans and the chiefs finish with the same record they would of course have the one seed over the kansas city chiefs because they did defeat the chiefs in nashville 27 to 3 in week 7 so my mistake Glad that we uh, were able to get that correction in and that I got some responses back while we were playing that video clip for you. Uh, Breezy Caleb says, Buck, you got to book your own flights? Hell yeah. Are you kidding me? Well, you think I have a travel agent? (laughs) I, I, uh, well, I mean, uh, you know, they have offered to, well, here's, here's the, here's the thing about me traveling. Um initially they tried to put me on the team plane. Like they tried to put me on the Titan plane because they wanted me to work. They wanted me to work Titans radio. Right. And well, and I do do stuff for Titans radio now, but like, I'm not a Titans employee. I, so, you know, technically if they had put me on, if I had accepted the idea that I would have traveled on the team plane, my travel would have been taken care of because that is uh well, and I don't know how COVID would have affected this, but that's, that's PJ living, right kids? That's private jets type stuff. That's flying out right after the game. But of course I did not want to work for the, uh, I did not want to work for the team. I wanted to maintain my independence because I can't come on here and talk as freely as I do, or I can't go on the radio show and talk as freely as I do if I'm a Titans employee. So I, uh, respectfully declined that offer and by in doing so uh, made the decision to book my own flights. Now, no, I kind of like booking my own flights, right? I get the points for it. Uh, me and my girlfriend, we take an incredible vacation. We're going to take an incredible vac- vacation after the, uh, after the season because of all the Marriott points and all the Delta and Southwest and American points that I've racked up over the, uh, over the course of the season. <clears throat> we try to do that every year. But, uh, yeah, no, when my, when my agent negotiated my contract, we, we did not put in the clause for me having a, a travel agent. Although the initial idea was for them to try and put me on the team plane, which I did not want anything to do with. Because can you imagine me getting on the team plane after, you know, ripping, ripping something that Mike Vrabel had done in a fourth, in a, you know, a game deciding decision on the fourth quarter and then trotting onto the, trotting onto the team plane and just be like, Hey Mike, you know, sorry about all that. Don't worry. No hard feelings. Right. And he would physically pick me up and throw me off. The, uh, throw me off the airplane, (laughs) but yeah, Titans radio right now. They're flying, they're flying a commercial anyway. So this wouldn't have, this would not have been the year, uh, Nate Jones says PK 2.0. If you did, if I did what PK 2.0, no, Paul, Paul's too busy. (laughs) I texted Paul about this. Uh, I texted Paul because he was going, he was going on this just Rant. At the end of last week, about Dylan Raden's um, and how he was being overly praised for the fact that he did a good job, uh, that he did a good job um, in a game was a really, really tough spot that he was put in. And and Paul asked Ravel like, "Why are you celebrating this rookie so much?" plot? like it was, you know, I don't remember the exact question, but I went, I went back at him on Twitter about it. And I I said <laughs> I said, what are you what are you so bent out of shape about like this is such a straw man because Paul's basically saying nobody's pushing back on the idea that they're over celebrating that they're over celebrating um, Dylan Raiden's And I said it was it's re- ridiculous that you know maybe maybe there are some things where people don't push back on Mike enough right I totally totally uh, agree with that concept. but like this, what are you what are you so pissed off about people saying yay, hey, good job, rookie like when when the left tackle goes down day before game, when the left guard isn't available because he's on the COVID list, then the backup left tackle goes out on the COVID list like five hours, six hours before kickoff. And the rookie's got to play, makes his first career start, does a good job. Like, I think it's okay. And Paul was like pissed about it. <laughs> didn't understand that at all. But you know, this is why we love. This is why this is why we love the chief. I I do I do I really do love Paul, even though he is he is literally the real life embodiment of the uh, of Clint Eastwood's character in Gran Torino, where he's just snarling and growling at people at, uh, as he gets older and older. <laughs> I love Pete. I love Paul. I really do. But it's a it's a dumb argument that he was making. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on and let's talk about Tua. Let's talk about this Dolphins game. They've just gone to halftime. This is the next opponent, of course, for the Titans. And I want to get into a conversation because we spoke to Mike Vrabel. We had a press conference over Zoom with Mike today. Seems like we're going to do things more and more virtually, unfortunately, given uh, given what's happening with COVID. And we've just had new protocols put into place for us as far as how often we're able to go to practice, how many of us are able to go to practice, so there's going to be some uh, limitations there once again as this Omicron stuff starts to ramp up. But let's uh, let's get into what part of the Dolphins' offense scares you the most or do you think threatens the Titans the most? Because we had a good conversation with Mike Vrabel today about it. Give me your response on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Let me know in the comment section. Uh, and while you do, I will tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress. GaryAshton.com is where you go to sell your home for more. You can sell your home for more because the Ashton team has the best intel in Middle Tennessee that allows you to do so. By the way, the Ashton team, and I'm going to pull up the exact details on it for you uh, because it's a really cool... Really cool thing that they're putting on in conjunction with Kevin Byard. And I want to make sure that I give you guys the details in their entirety. What they are doing right now with Kevin Byard is the inaugural Kicks for Kids program. They're partnering with the Byard Family Legacy Fund and the Titans uh, for the community to come together by providing people with, uh, with lesser means, lightly used or new shoes to use in the foster care system. They're collecting shoes at the game this weekend before Titans and Dolphins on uh, January 2nd, 2022. There will be four drop-off locations set up on the north, south, east, and west sides of the Nissan Stadium on the exterior gates. You can drop off the shoes from 9 to noon prior to kickoff at any of the locations, and they're also accepting monetary donations through January the 3rd. Everyone who gives upwards of $10, all you have to do is give upwards of $10 and you can win a signed football by Kevin Byard and they will give out those footballs on January 3rd. So it sounds like there's multiple uh, footballs that you can win. They'll give out those footballs on January the 3rd. I'm, uh, I'm very excited to, I love working with the Ashton team. I'm so glad that they're working with Kevin Byard on this front. I think it's a great thing that they're doing. For those with lesser needs, shoes are so so important. Um, so if you can, if you have a lightly used, uh, lightly used pair of shoes, or you want to go and, and buy a, 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 an affordable pair of shoes from Target or Walmart or something like that, my, my girlfriend and I we're gonna bring. I'm she's gonna come with me to gonna come with me to work on Sunday to the stadium, and we're gonna drop off some shoes as well. I hope that you guys will do so or considering uh, consider donating. You know, anywhere anywhere north of ten dollars, ten dollars or up, you can get entered to win assigned KB football. So if you want that, you can do that courtesy of our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. So I'm glad we got to tell you guys about that. Uh, so are, what what about the Dolphins kind of impresses you? What about the Dolphins kind of threatens you? What do you most fear about this Dolphins offense right now? And I would say that James Henderson says the Dolphins don't look good. Who's, what scares me is COVID signlining our skill positions? Yeah, we haven't talked about we haven't talked about the COVID situation for Tennessee today. Now, the CDC um, nationally put out new guidelines. They've cut the uh, isolation period in half from ten days to five days. The NFL has also put out new protocols which can, can allow you to get these guys back up and running faster. But yes, this is a uh, this is a scary situation. Um, and of course, we wish the uh, we wish the best for Bud Dupree and Julio Jones, Buster Screen, Nick Westbrook-Akina. All of those guys were placed on the reserve COVID-19 list today. So again, Bud, Julio, Buster Screen, and N.W.I. all four on the COVID-19 reserve list. And Caleb Farley was placed on the reserve COVID-19 list from injured reserve. So apparently, he has been exposed to. Not sure what he's up to at this point. They did sign uh, DB Nate Brooks from the practice squad and they signed Cedric, uh, I'm going to, uh O'Bway, Cedric O'Bway, he, um, an offensive lineman to their practice squad. Roger Saffold and Elijah Molden did come off the COVID list. So the, the COVID thing for every sideline right now is a legitimate concern. But about the Dolphins, the Dolphins do have weapons. Even if Tua doesn't look great, They've won seven in a row, and it looks like they're getting ready to win eight in a row. So you have to respect them. Their defense plays really well plays really well and high level football. But when we talked to Mike Vrabel today about it, he brought up one position in particular, tight end Mike Gasecki.
1: Mike, you've got another good tight end you're gonna face this weekend, Gesicki. but you have been really strong against Kittle and Kelsey this year. What's what's been your key to, to limiting those guys so far?
2: Corey, if that's a jinx, I, I'm going to be done with you, Corey, if that's a that, jinx.
1: That, that, okay? I, you wouldn't be the first.
2: Um, you know, I, I actually have gone, you know, I mean, you know, Mike, I, we recruited when, when I was at Ohio State. I remember going and seeing him at, in, in college or, excuse me, in high school. And, you know, I know that he's battled through some injuries. Um, and he's really turned into a really nice player, very athletic, very long and, uh, you know, sometimes these these tight ends are all different. And he runs the entire route tree um, and, and he's a very, very fluid mover, very easy mover. His catch radius is, is probably the second to none in the NFL as far as, you know, some of these passes that look like they're going to be overthrown. He continues to run or take another step and, um, and reach up and, and make a play. Uh, seems like he's got a very good relationship with the quarterbacks and uh, they, they trust him. So as far as defending him, I mean, I think that that will, you know, always change based on the call or, or basic, you know, what we're going to do as far as a game plan. But you know, he has certainly, um, you know, been a very good target for him.
0: Uh Buck? Yeah, to to that end, Mike. I mean, how well when uh, Dane Kreuzshank's been able to be out there? How well has he done with the tight ends? He has uh,
2: really accepted that challenge, and it's you know it's always good to see guys when you give them a role, and it's a uh, might seem like a small role or a role on third down, but you know he um, he he has done well. Um, you know, I'm sure that those things happen that Dane will get. More opportunities, I think that one of his better plays in the game was when they ran it on third down uh, in the fringe area uh, That Dane came over, read it, tracked his guy and, and really made a, a great tackle, you know, a good physical tackle. He stayed on his feet, wrapped up, ran his feet on contact and you know showed the team that this morning as an example of, of how we want to tackle. And, you know, I know that Dane had been working on some of those things.
0: So that was Titans head coach Mike Vrabel in our Zoom press conference with him today. Now, you know, maybe scares you is uh, the wrong question. Mike Gusecki is a good player. He's a talented player. And by the way, he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. And you could really, really use some help at tight end. So uh, you, heard, you heard him talk about scouting Mike Gusecki in high school while he was still uh, recruiting at Ohio State. And then you heard my follow-up about Dane Cruikshank, because Dane Cruikshank has played lights out on Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. He's done a really, really good job. He hadn't been available uh, a ton, but he has played well on tight ends. That's been his assigned role at this point. Dane Cruikshank, you know, the availability is going to cost him some money, but he's going to earn himself a nice little contract somewhere because he has proven that he can fill out this role. And it's something that Mike Vrabel seems to truly appreciate about him. So maybe fear about the Dolphins offense is the wrong way to phrase that. I do like Gasecki and his skill set. There's not a ton about the Dolphins offense that really threatens you in ways that the Titans should be concerned. Now, they do have good skill position uh, players. Waddle seems to have a lot of talent. Tua, if he's protected well has a high, I mean, he's got the highest completion percentage in football. High completion percentage does not necessarily mean that you are a great quarterback, but he is efficient when he has enough time. It's just he doesn't have enough time because Miami's offensive line is terrible. Um, Chris Johnson says uh, Bud Dupree, uh, so they placed him on the COVID list, had to, I don't know what that means, Chris Johnson. I'm not sure what you're trying to say there. but yeah, for the Dolphins offense, I think that Gasecki. There's a lot of reasons to look at him and say you're going to have to pay attention to that dude in particular. Dolphins offense doesn't look like it's overwhelmingly great, but you know you've played a lot of Titans games this week this year, where their offense hasn't been overwhelmingly great. And ten points at the start of the second half, ten to ten to three right now between the Dolphins and the Saints in New Orleans. Ten points probably doesn't scare you, but it. You took, uh, you took basically a, a whole half of football to score 20 points and to get your act together. So you can't sleep on the Dolphins because the defense is really, really good. Xavier says he's been paper cutting all night. I see why his completion percentage is high. Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of it, right? They don't, they don't ask him to bomb it down the field. Tua, Tua doesn't look – the arm strength is never something that has jumped off the charts at this level with Tua. But he is, he is, a, uh, he is a competent player. And again, I, I misspoke earlier when I said they had won seven in a row. They have won six in a row. They started the season one and seven and now have won six straight games. This would be their seventh if they're able to hold on for the win. Um, you have to give the Saints defense credit, too, says MB. Yeah, I mean, the Saints defense is nasty. They, they Dennis Allen deserves to be a head coach. He's one of the worst head coaches in NFL history with, during his time with the Raiders, but I mean, he honestly should get another look after the way that his defense j- just simply what the Saints defense has been able to do to Tom Brady. Um, Ian Book, though. Ian Book is having a hard time moving the ball down the field. Uh, we were down 10 to the 49ers. I think the Titans woke up on offense as soon as AJ stepped on the field. It says, Mark, I mean, you'll remember, Mark, that he had he had a couple, he had a drop, one drop in particular, um, where it looked like he slipped and he was trying to catch the ball as he was going to the ground. After that, in the second half, I watched back this game. Like I said, on I don't really have a lunch break; I can take my lunch whenever I want. Um, so I just sat down, I made some food, and I watched the uh, I watched the Thursday night football game back. And it took AJ a little while. In fact, they were talking about it on the broadcast. It was taking AJ some moments to get back into the swing of things. And then once he did, really seemed to wake up. AJ is the King Henry version of wide receiver says Mark Jones. Uh, Lewis Chesney says, COVID, man, I'm sick of it. Yeah, I mean, we're all sick of it, Lewis, but uh, this is this is the time period that we live in, and the Titans um, are not uh, going to escape scot Free, given the positives that they had pop up today with Julio Jones, Bud Dupree, NWI, and the fourth player was whom? The fourth player was whom? Uh, I apologize. I just had that list in front of me. Julio, NWI, oh, Buster Screen um, as the fourth player. Not ideal at this point. So, uh, let's move on and let's talk about the worst run franchise in the NFL. Do you have a nominee? Who is the worst run franchise? What is the worst run franchise in all of the NFL? Give me your responses on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. We'll talk about it together. Right after I remind you about our friends at Brymac Mechanical. B R Y M A K, Brymac.com. Satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Brymac has what you need. They have you covered, whether it's commercial HVAC work, whether it's residential HVAC work. Brymac is the best in the business. B R Y M A K, three locations in Middle Tennessee and in Kentucky to make sure that you get exactly what you need, that you get in your comfort zone this holiday season at Brymac Mechanical. So, who's the worst run franchise in the NFL? Uh, right now, it's the Jags. All time, it's the Lions, says Zach Carpenter. He's on YouTube. For Franklin Allen, it's the Washington football team. Johnny Jameson, also on YouTube, says Detroit has been trash for four decades, folks. And there's something to be said about Detroit but with Detroit you know their ownership doesn't and and I don't know enough I don't cover the Lions right I don't know all the ins and outs of what the problems there are why they've been as bad as they have been because they've drafted well they've had good talent on their football teams I don't know that this is not a talented football team that they have right now and I don't think that Dan Campbell is going to end up being any kind of a great coach But I don't know that their ownership is like the big problem. I don't, don't, I'm not familiar with the issues that plague the Lions the way that I am, you know, certainly with the Titans or just in the AFC South in general, because there's a couple of bad, poorly run football teams in this division specifically. But at this point, Detroit, I mean, you cannot ignore how futile their existence has been. Jets been to the conference championship game in 06, uh, says Digi Sports. Yeah, the, the Jets, I mean, under Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez, they had two conference championship appearances. I'm pretty sure they beat Peyton Manning if, I, if my memory serves. I'm pretty sure they beat Peyton Manning to go to one conference championship game, and then they fell short. So they've had some kind of success in recent memory in ways that Detroit, I mean, Matt Stafford has still yet to win a playoff game, um, and now he's in Los Angeles hoping to see that change. For Andrew Reid on Facebook Live, it's the Washington football team or the Jags. Uh, for Calvin Miles on Facebook Live, he says the Jags. Schwartz did okay in Detroit, says Roy L. Wright. Yeah, they they had some decency, seasons. Uh, and under Jim Caldwell, they had decent seasons. Um, they have made the playoffs. It's just that they haven't won a playoff game. So, you know, I mean, relatively, uh, they're probably around the same conversation as the Jets, even though there's been more bad years jets says mb that was 15 years ago yeah that that's just made me feel really really old the fact that mark mark sanchez who doesn't go mark sanchez really good in the booth him and greg olson uh i've i don't rarely i when i rarely or when i watch back these games i rarely leave the volume up on the tv because you know respectfully sometimes i don't i i don't know that the broadcast crew is adding to my experience. Now, sometimes that's not true. And I'm not saying that I know more than the people calling these games, but sometimes, you know, there's, there's just stuff that I know more about than the people talking about the game. So I'd rather just watch it on my own terms and watch it in a condensed version in 30 minutes. And I don't necessarily need the sound right. Um, but I've loved Mark Sanchez and I really enjoyed listening to Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhart call that game on Thursday when I watched it back a couple of times since Thursday night football. So Uh, Props to Mark Sanchez and Greg Olson. Um, There's Tua, says Mark Wasco. Yeah, Tua climbing the pocket. Looks like he's going to throw an interception right to the safety way over the heads of his wide receivers. That was an inaccurate pass. Uh, My God, was that a bad interception. He throws one of those gross picks all the time. Mark Jones says... uh, uh, Amy Vining says the broadcast crew was awful on Thursday. Night. I I strongly disagree. I thought that I thought that Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson did a great job. I would uh we we will just have to respectfully disagree on that. You know you can make an argument for the Dolphins being one of the worst run franchises in the NFL. Um, Dolphins have had I mean you talk about decades of incompetence. Dolphins have really really struggled. Um, they made the playoffs one time. Tannehill was on that team but got hurt and then it was oh um is it Matt Moore I'm pretty sure Matt Moore started a playoff game against the Steelers for Miami they've really had a hard time of it too now they looked okay last year but things have not really panned out the way that they needed to the answer though will forever be the Jacksonville Jaguars because (laughs) what uh what is happening in Jacksonville right now is laugh out loud funny yet again
2: uh, based on the new rules from the NFL, they, because the Jaguars, of course, fired Urban Meyer, are allowed to put in requests and interview via Zoom coaches who are under employment from other teams, perhaps potentially coordinators. I know Byron Lefkowitz, former Jaguars uh, quarterback, now Bucks OC, would fit in that list potentially. But I am told they do want to speak to two coaches who are currently unemployed, Super Bowl winning head coach Doug Peterson, formerly of the Eagles, and Jim Caldwell, formerly of the Lions. And by the way, Trent Balky, who is the GM now, will be retained and be involved with owner Shad Khan in the search. I'm told Balky will report to Khan and work in sync with the new coach.
0: So that is uh, Ian Rappaport talking about The Jags, the Jags hiring process, the Jags are in search of their next new coach after Urban Meyer made it 13 games into his first NFL season. And the person that was hired to babysit, uh, the person that was hired to babysit Urban Meyer and who botched it in Trent Bulky, is now responsible for finding the next head coach. So the cycle of Jags being Jags and Jags doing Jags things, it seems like it's going to continue There's no question to me that the Jags are the worst run NFL franchise Um, for as bad as the Dolphins have been for basically 30 years for as up and down as the Jets experience have been. The Texans are being run by the mad preacher and Jack Easterby. Like there's a bunch of different things about those organizations that are bad, but uh, I don't know that it gets worse than Jacksonville. Jacksonville has been so, so putrid for so long outside of that one AFC championship game appearance. That was like a shooting star across the sky. Ian Book just has nothing for this Dolphins defense. By the way, it looks like he's having a hard time. Um, they uh, wasn't. Why wasn't the Fox number one crew calling our game Thursday night? Says Digi Sports. Well, it's because it wasn't. It wasn't a Fox game. It was an NFL Network game. Fox doesn't. The last Fox Thursday night football game was the prior Thursday night. I can't remember who the teams. Who played Thursday night football before the Titans and the Niners did? That was the last Fox Thursday night football broadcast ever, though. Amazon bought the rights to it. So next year it sounds like it's going to be streaming, which is going to be crazy. Um, so that wasn't a Fox. It was locally it was broadcast on Fox, and they did use some of Fox's talent, but it was the NFL Networks broadcast. Um, and locally it was put out here on Fox. So yeah, Joe Buck and (laughs) Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Um if they'd, have, if, they'd have, if they'd have done the game, I think they would have. Uh, never mind. We'll keep it moving. Um, Saints need to play Bortles right now if they want a chance to win, says Neil Patel. God, can you imagine? <laughs> Speaking of AFC Championship appearances and Jags seasons, shooting across the sun, uh, Blake Bortles with a chance to win. I, we would disagree. On the uh, We disagree on the abilities of Blake Bortles at this stage. Gino says, the crew was great. Kevin, one of the best at play-by-play. I really enjoyed Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. I think that Greg Olson's going to do a great job in years to come. But worst run NFL franchise, it's the Jags. Because the people who botched it the first time, they're going to get an uh, an attempt to make decisions again. And at this point, it doesn't look like they're trending in the right direction. Royal Wright says best way to watch a game is listening to Mike Keith. That's true. I uh Mike Keith is the best in the business. I and it is my great honor to be able to do pregame with Jim Wyatt in the Titans radio booth right 15 minutes before kickoff every Sunday or Thursday or Monday when they play. I love being a, it's I'm not a part of the Titans radio crew but I have a small part to play on Titans Radio this season and uh, certainly for the next couple of seasons, so I'm excited about that. And there's nobody better than Mike Keith and Coach Dave McGinnis and Rep Brian uh, and that whole crew. Philip Noel, Amy Wells—they do a spectacular job. Um, so I'm uh, really, really fortunate to get to work with those people the way that I do. Uh, okay, it's going to do it for us on a Monday night. We'll get you back to Monday night football and this game if you want to, I guess, or if you want to, you know, do something else with your time, you can do that too. All I know is that. Uh, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here because the primetime show is over. Radio show. I took today off radio because I needed a day to uh, zen. I worked on Friday on uh, Christmas Eve, so I took Friday off. Or, or I, took, uh, I took today off. Tomorrow, back on the radio with our buddy Ian Harditz of Pro Football Focus. We'll have, we'll have Adam Sparks because Tennessee is now in Nashville getting ready for the Music City Bowl, which I'll be at broadcasting live all day. On Thursday, so if you're going to the Music City Bowl, I hope to see you guys out there. I'll have a broadcast set up right outside of the stadium, and then I'll, uh, I'm will i credentialed for the game, so I'm not going to sit in the stands, but I'm going to sit in the press box, and I'm hype about it. I'm, it's going to be the first Tennessee game, that, uh, like the first Vols game that I've gotten to cover. So I will see you guys tomorrow on the radio, uh, 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone, and if not, I'll talk to you tomorrow night on A to Z Sports Prime Time.